as America celebrates its independence this week here with the 4th of July. We celebrate our own version of Independence Day here on Kicking Out It 2 this week as we are hosting a special watch party of, without a doubt, one of the, the most memorable moments in professional wrestling history to emanate on the 4th of July. I'm referring to the War Games match. The very first War Games match pitting the superpowers, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, the Road Warriors, and Paul Ellering against the Four Horsemen. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Lex Luger, and J.J. Dillon. And we're going to do a special watch-along of that match here this week on Kicking Out at 2 as we get you set for your 4th of July weekend here. A lot of crazy things have been going on these last few weeks here on this show. Um... Real life has taken place. I've had different scheduling conflicts, and I've ha- I've wanted to I've wanted to do the King of the Ring 1995 watch along for some time now. Dennis and I we just couldn't get you know together, and like I said, real life happened. As you know, last week's episode I talked about uh, you know my, my, the the health of my grandmother, and you know to this recording she's you know still she's still fighting a good fight, but. Um, you know, I, I want to thank you all for your support and 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 listening to that show and and downloading it and really just embracing what I gave you that came straight from the heart when it came to my relationship with them. So let me just say that first and foremost. Secondly, okay, like I said, this week's show is going to be a special watch along. Now, normally when I do the watch alongs, it's from like WWE Network slash Peacock or even um, you know the Impact Plus app, which I haven't done one of the those yet. I'm I'm I'm, I'm due for that pretty soon. But anyhow, uh, this week, we're going to watch the War Games match from 1987, July 4th, 1987. The very first Great American Bash took place at the Omni in Atlanta. We're going to watch it from the Daily Motion link that I'll be posting in the Facebook and Twitter posts when I post this show. So um, I'll give you the instructions to hit that link. It's The, 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 the match goes roughly... Um, the match goes 26 minutes and 3 seconds. Um, it's from a link on Daily Motion that, like I said, I'll post that link in the original posting of this show um, so that you can watch this along with us. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to uh, getting down to, to business and watching this show here. But before we do that, get down to business by following us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two, as well as our Twitter handle at kicking out two K I C K N O U T N the number two. Um, yeah, you can uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter, links to archive shows, pictures, videos, all kinds of great stuff. We are also part of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network by searching Retromania with a W. Um, you can uh, you can you know find find us there along with uh, marking out the day's weekend warriors, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Origins of Attitude, Monday Night Marks, uh, catching up, um, Cool Truth with AC, Hulkamania is dead, and so many other great shows and bonus content all over there a part of the retromania pro wrestling podcast network by searching retromania with the w we are on podbean which is the home but we're also on google play apple podcast spreaker stitcher spotify and all other streaming services available by searching retromania with a w all right so here's what we're gonna do okay we are gonna watch this match um it's if you go to dailymotion.com and search um <clears throat> Great American Bash, 1987. You will find the link um, that says the Superpowers versus the Four Horsemen. And it's provided by user Megasting1981. So I will post this link 
on our Facebook and our Twitter pages when I post the show. So you'll click on your your podcast link where you listen to this show, and then I'll have you click on another link to listen to this show as well, or to watch the show with us so you can follow along. Uh, this match, like I said, goes 26 minutes, 3 seconds. When I say play, you're going to hit play. There might be some ads from time to time in your in your 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 viewing of this. Uh, hopefully not too many, but um, I thought this would be a lot of fun to go back and watch this match because this took place on the 4th of July, uh, and it's the very first one. Now, before we get into that match itself, um, the, the War Games concept was something, like I said, started July 4th, 1987, and it continued on later that year july 31st 1987 from the orange bowl in miami it was dusty nikita the, paul ellering and the road warriors taking on the team of the four horsemen rick flair Arn anderson tully blanchard lex luger and war machine who was portrayed by big bubba rogers aka the big boss man and then august 16th 1987 from the uic pavilion in chicago was another war games match it was dusty ron garvin the road warriors and Nikita Koloff taking on the Four Horsemen, but J.J. Dillon back in this spot again. So um, <clears throat> then eventually the War Games matches would become a part of <clears throat> excuse me, the Great American Bash Tour, 1988. And then eventually it would become a part of the WCW Fall Brawl pay-per-view concept from 1993 to 1998. Um, they, would they would throw the War Games concept in here and there, a couple of Wrestle Wars, um, uh, Wrestle War 92 being my favorite War Games match of all time with Sting Squadron against the Dangerous Alliance. Um, we saw the Horsemen involved in a War Games with Sting and the Steiners and Brian Pillman. 90, I want to say. Yeah, Wrestle War 90, which actually we uh, we did a... Uh, no, sorry, it was 91. Yeah, it was 91. Excuse me, Wrestle War 91, which we did a watch. Wrestle War 91, which we did a watch along of that um, not too long ago, Dennis and myself. So I thought this would be kind of fun to do another War Games watch along. But this time... Uh, covering the Great American Bash, the very first one from 1987. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's, uh, I'll give you a countdown. When I say play, you'll hit play on the, the Daily Motion link. Uh, Superpowers versus the Four Horsemen, provided by user Megasting1981. And without further ado, in three, two, one, hit play. This is the... Uh, the, it says War Games 1, the bomb, right here on the screen. Um, this took place, like I said, Omni in Atlanta, Georgia, which is no longer in existence. But the Omni was the host to many um, NWA events uh, transpiring. Um, like I said earlier, a creation of Dusty Rhodes from the Mad Max movie, uh, The Thunderdome, starring Mel Gibson. As we see here, um, making their way out, it looks like the four horsemen are being entering first. As we see Ric Flair in his white robe, along with Lex Luger, James J. Dillon behind Luger, and this is something that, like you know, I want to point this out here. You see that you know the the crowd's pretty up close to these guys as they're coming out. You don't see that obviously nowadays in wrestling, especially given the fact that, you know, we're still in the Thunderdome era of wrestling. Um, but they're so up close and personal, um, which is something I kind of miss, too. It, it reminds me a lot of, like, a boxing fight or a UFC fight when guys come out and they have their, um, 
They have, uh, you know, the, the crowd, like, kind of, you know, touching them with security surrounding them. Like, this looks like kind of a big deal um, as these guys are making their way out. Um, camera work's not the best here in this production of this match, but uh, it most certainly um, is going to get the job done here. Uh, and this also, too, this match was produced. Uh, oh, here we go. The superpowers. See the Road Warriors making their way out for this match here, along with Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff and Paul Ellering, the manager of the Road Warriors. Now, this match was part of a live event. There was no commentary. Like, this wasn't televised with commentary. Uh, so, this match had no commentary. And it was Tony Schiavone as the ring announcer. And you, if you If you play the audio for this, uh, as we're doing this watch along, you'll you'll hear Shivani from time to time do the countdowns and the, the entries for each guy coming in and out of the match. Um, but yeah, no commentary, which was rather interesting, which makes this watch along easier for me. I could probably turn the sound on right now and play the commentary for you or play the, the audio, I should say. I'll do that. I'll do that for us right now, as a matter of fact. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the rules of the war games. The war games consist of eight periods. The first period is five minutes in duration. Each team will be allowed one man in the ring at a time during the first period. After the first five-minute period, the referee will conduct a coin toss to determine who has the advantage. That is to say, who can have two men in the ring and who can have one. He will hold a black flag representing one team having the advantage. He will hold a black flag representing the other team. After all ten wrestlers are in the ring, it will be time for the match beyond. Submission or surrender. Now, let the war games begin. I lied. I'm sorry. I lied. Um, sorry about that. Uh, there was commentary. Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. I, I thought for some reason there wasn't commentary in this match. Uh, let's play a little bit of this audio here as this match gets underway. I apologize. Dusty and Arn starting it off um, in this very first War Games, which there's some significance to this. There you see Tully, JJ, Ric Flair. They're sitting in chairs at ringside waiting to enter the match. Where there, There's some significance in this with Dusty and Arn starting this because as you know, after this match, like I said, there were three more War Games matches this year and then there was you know a tour full of them the following year. And Dusty 
who inducted the Four Horsemen into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2012. I was there for that ceremony. I remember, you know, I'm going to do my Beth Dusty Rhodes impression, if you will. He said, for the war games, standing across from me was none other than double A on Anderson. And I just remember when he said that, you know, it just, I love the way Dusty talks. I could listen to Dusty talk all day. I mean, the cadence in his voice and his southern drawl and, um, but yeah, he talks about him and Arn being the first two. And if you go back and you watch a lot of these war games, if you could find footage, you'll see that Dusty and Arn started out the very first war games match and continued to do so. Um, even to the point where I believe, um, I want to say Arn Anderson started a lot of the war games, even if even when he wasn't a member of the Horsemen. Like when they had the war games with the Dangerous Alliance, I think Arn Anderson, as a member of the Dangerous Alliance, started that match out. I could be wrong, but um, you'll have to go back on that watch-along. Kobe and I did that watch-along on Retromania for the Horsemen. Um, I'm sorry, the Dangerous Alliance Sting Squadron watch-along here. As we see Dusty and Arn in the cage. Dusty climbing to the second row, utilizing the cage here to work on Arn Anderson, bloodying him up just a little bit. Looks like some kind of a... He's doing some kind of a neckbreaker. I don't know what that is, but... Oh, yeah, he's, he's chopped. Yeah. That's right, baby. You're going to get color early on, if you will. Double A on and the thing. You're going to get color. So, uh, you know, be prepared, if you will, because I'm going to bust you wide open. Uh, yeah, Dusty and Arn going out of here. Um, anyhow. Um, oh, Arn with the, the little leg sweep, if you will, um, to Dusty. Now, after going through this, this link here that we're watching this looks like this is the link this looks like this is footage from the home video version of this war games match um so i want to say that the tony shivani jim ross commentary that was on here was post-production that's something that they had uh, you know recorded uh, ahead of time or i'm sorry following this event but this i believe was from the home video version here of of uh, the great american bash 1987 um, so some of these, some of this match might even be clipped, meaning they might not show the full match in its entirety. They might show clips, but, um, you know, while we're on the subject of, uh, Arn Anderson here, I'm a big listener of his podcast. I must say, I like it. And lately he's been talking about the early days of his career, starting out in the territories, starting out, um, working for the Fullers and the Armstrongs and eventually Bill Watts and, uh, it's been a lot of fun listening to Arn. If you want to, other than my podcast, if you want to listen to a great podcast, then check out um, uh, Arn Anderson and uh, his show with Conrad Thompson, The Arn Show. Uh, you, you'll you'll definitely like the nostalgic strolls down memory lane when it comes to Arn Anderson and um, and his uh, and and his his career in professional wrestling, as we see Dusty working some more on Double AR and Anderson, as the Horsemen are looking on, and of course you know the heels are going to win the coin toss just like the heels always do. Although I think in the last few war games that WWE has presented, uh, they've had the baby faces win the coin toss to kind of switch things up a bit, which is kind of cool. But there you see referee Tommy Young flipping the coin. And it looks like that the Horsemen are going to get the win on the coin toss, which gives them the one-man advantage um, in this match here. As we see Tully Blanchard <laughs> tripping his way into the match. Um, Tully Blanchard 
part of AEW, manager of the Pinnacle with MJF, Wardlow, uh, Sean Spears, and uh, FTR. Uh, I've been digging that little horseman-like type group, if you will. Um, Tully Blanchard, to me, one of the most underrated performers in all of wrestling history. If you want to go back and watch a Tully Blanchard match, I suggest you watch the I Quit match with Magnum TA from Starcade 85, the Steel Cage I Quit match between those two, where they use a wooden portion of the chair and it's you know shaped like a spike and the finish is where Magnum stabs him in the eye and he's screaming, I quit, yeah, 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 I quit, I quit. Unbelievable match. Um yeah, just truly one of the best matches um, that, you know, is, it, one of the best I quit matches ever. Um, as we see now, Tully got Dusty in the figure fours. Arn's working on him. The heel's got the advantage over the baby face right now. You know, continuing on with the Tully Blanchard conversation, I've been a firm believer that had Tully Blanchard not... I don't know. I, 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 for some reason, I, I, I could picture Tully Blanchard being the world champion back in the day. I think he's one of those guys that is very underrated. Here we go. Road Warrior Animal in to save Dusty as we even up the odds now. And there you go, Tully with that big bump. But Tully, I feel like, you know, Flair, when it came to the Horsemen, the Horsemen were a hated group, but the real lightning rod of that group was Tully Blanchard. When it comes to the heat. And Flair was not liked, but at the same time he was respected. And at times he was so over the top and entertaining that people had no choice but to cheer for him. Arn Anderson was Arn Anderson. I think people respected his skill. Fans respected his skill in the ring. But Tully was the one that got you to hate him. Everyone wanted to see Tully get his ass beat. And... Maybe it's just me, you know, the the fantasy booking style wrestling fan that I've become over the years. But I don't know. I just I, I feel like Tully Blanchard could have overtaken the Horseman, so to speak, and been the one to stand out from the group. Not saying that Flair wouldn't, because Flair Flair was already a made guy at that point. But I'm saying I think had the Horseman stayed in Jim Crockett Promotions and Tully and Arn didn't go to the WWF. I feel like Flair could have been a babyface and Tully could have been the one to kind of lead the group. Not continue the Four Horsemen name, but Tully and Flair, I think, would have been some really good stuff. With Flair being the babyface and Tully being the, 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 the mega heel. And maybe even Tully having a, a brief run with the NWA World Heavyweight title. Because he was just so good. I mean, I'm glad that he's still active in wrestling. And I'm glad that he's a part of AEW. And he's he's adding something to the, the pinnacle element of their faction as the manager in the J.J. Dillon role. And I'm really digging it. I really am. Still can cut a promo like nobody's business. One of the one of the best talkers out there of all time. Very underrated in what he was able to do. Shawn Michaels labeled him as like the first cool bad guy that he liked. And Tully and Arn as a team were probably the first two bad guys that I enjoyed watching. I liked their look. I liked their style. Um, I just I, I I enjoyed watching them 
wrestle when I was younger. Now, when they faced teams like the Road Warriors and then eventually even the Rockers and the WWF, you know, I was always cheering for the baby faces. But there was something about Tully and Arn as a kid that I liked, and especially, you know, Tully, where I just couldn't help but like them. That's that's really all I can say is we see Ric Flair in this match now. Uh, heels with the three-on-two advantage. Um and, you know, full disclosure, this version of the Four Horsemen, Flair, Arn, Tully, Luger, and JJ, was the first version I remember watching as a kid. I know Oli came before, and I might have seen stuff with Oli in later years, but Luger is a part of this group. People, wrestling fans like to shit on Lex Luger because of that Lex Express failed run. And they even go back to some of the stuff he did in WCW and they look at that as a failure. But I don't look at his run in the Horseman as a failure because it ended up making him into a single star. The association, the rub with Ric Flair and those guys and them turning on him eventually in 1988, that made him into a a top singles draw for Jim Crockett promotions. And I feel like his time in the Horseman, it worked. I enjoyed it. I thought that Luger brought something to the table. He brought a younger look, a more athletically a more more athletically fit presentation, if you will. He may not have been the best wrestler, as we see the horseman now throwing Nikita in, Nikita with a double clothesline. Um, but Luger's time in the horseman, it's one of my favorites. You know, we talk about the greatest versions of the four horsemen, and many will suggest Barry, you know, the, the first one being the original, Ric Flair. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Ole Anderson. Then you got Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham that's been talked about. This version with Lex Luger, I don't I don't think gets enough credit. Because Luger he was new, he was a fresh face. He just brought something different to the group that still helped the group. Even though he was, as they say, green as goose shit, he he definitely brought it. And um I think Luger. Uh, I think Luger doesn't get enough credit for his time in the Four Horsemen. Um, Dusty and Nikita now working on Arn. You see Animal with Ric Flair raking his face into the cage as Tully Blanchard sneaks up from behind here. Now the camera shots for this this is a little different. Um, it's not like your traditional hard camera that you would see on a wrestling program. You get a lot of up close personal shots. Now, I don't know if that was done by design or if it was done out of necessity because of the layout of the building, but Ric Flair and Nikita. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Russian nightmare, Nikita Koloff. One half of the superpowers with the American Dream Dusty Rhodes working on Flair, sending them into the cage. Oh, that's right, baby. Nature boy, you're going to get some color too if you will, baby. Um, nice drop kick, Dusty and Animal. Wow. Both of them, double drop kick. Holy cow! Let's uh, let's play the audio for this. Luger coming in there and uh, 
portraying his role as the powerhouse of the horsemen, power slamming Nikita, cleaning house, if you will, on uh, on Nikita Koloff. Nice body slam by Luger and working on Animal some more in the corner. Looks like we're going to get a double team move here. Spike pile driver by Flair and Tully to to Nikita. Oh, wow, that looked that looked pretty brutal. I've talked about it before. This match here, the War Games match, has been the the precursor to the Hell in the Cell match. Um, of course, the last battle of Atlanta, another spike pile driver by Flair and Tully to Nikita, was. The first cage match that had a top over it. Um, But Dusty took it to another level, added two rings with a giant structure enclosed over it. Um, When it comes to today's war games in WWE on NXT, I like it. They're fun. Um, You can do more stuff with the open cage, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing the cage enclosed or maybe even the top a little bit higher. So you could still do some high-flying stuff. Um, But I guess WWE feels from a production standpoint, it limits them. But I'm personally a fan of the top. Because it's got that, like, you know, no one to escape, no surrenders. We see Hawk entering in and going right for Luger. Wow. Now, oh, tripped over. (laughs) He tripped over the ropes. Damn, he's just house of fire there. Throwing Tully around. Now he goes after Arn. Then he's going to take a few shots at Ric Flair. Boom. Over the top rope. In between the two rings into the next ring. Knee lift by Hawk to, to double A. And then back at it at Luger again. Very, fu- very fun match here. These guys are just going balls to the wall. Let's play some audio here for you guys. Kind of get you the idea as to what this, how this match is going. Yeah, that, uh, that signals the, the last member of the Horsemen entering this match, J.J. Dillon here, um, where his his role in this match is very crucial because, you know, it's 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 part of the finish here. And J.J., oh, look at that. That elbow didn't work. That forearm didn't work. There's Hawk. And there we see J.J. backpedaling like the chicken shit heel that he is. And Hawk's going to work on JJ and this is pretty much the beginning of the end for JJ Dillon in this match here. <laughs> um 
J.J. Dillon, I once interviewed him. My time on the Ken Reedy Show talks about this match and talks about breaking his shoulder during the the, the finish, the spot with the Road Warriors, um, where they were trying to do some sort of like modified version of their finish, the Doomsday Device. Uh, great interview. If you can find it on iTunes or, or uh, Apple Podcasts, you can search the Ken Reedy Show and look for the interview for uh, J.J. Dillon. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking about uh, his time managing the Horsemen, his time as an executive in WCW and uh, you know, or in WWF, I should say, and then eventually in WCW. Uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely a lot of fun. I, uh, I, I urge you to, to uh, give it a shot. Dusty with a chop to JJ. Look at JJ just selling, selling. Oh, there we see video calibration. This is this is old technology right here. Video calibration. Um, so yeah, this was definitely from the the home video uh, portion of this man. It doesn't look like it's edited too much. Um, but yeah, this was the home. This was the the home video uh, release of this match. Like I said, I remember watching this as a kid. The tape in the store, the artwork. Um, with the, the the cartoon drawings of the Road Warriors and the Horsemen and Dusty in the cage, and it was pretty cool. Um, Luger looks like he's going up for a ride here. Oh, what a devastating shoulder breaker! Now the match beyond begins as we see Paul Ellering enter the match, going after J.J. Dillon. Uh, let's uh, let's play a little more audio for uh, for for this. Those crowds, man, let me tell you, I've been watching a lot of old Jim Crockett promotions lately, and those crowds were just red hot. Like, I watched a, a Great American Bash the other night. It was from 88, and it was Sting and Nikita against Arn and Tully for the tag titles. And I just remember the bell rang, and both teams just started throwing fists at each other, and the crowd went crazy. They just went crazy. Um, I miss crowds like that. I really do. I, I miss seeing um, and hearing crowds react the way they do. And I hope that the audience can offer that enthusiasm when pro wrestling returns to live crowds. I think this is the finish here. I think we're getting close to the finish here. This is where I believe J.J. Dillon does break his shoulder. They're doing some kind of modified version of the Doomsday Device. Oh, yeah, right there, right on that right shoulder. He even holds it. Um, and that's the end of it for him there. Um I like how they're using the Road Warrior spikes as weapons in this match. With um, you know, Paul Long brought those in; they're wrapped around his wrists. Now the Horsemen manage getting some of those spikes, um, and uh, 
you know, it's just chaos. It's pure chaos, but it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, this being the very first War Games match, this is a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's let, let's hear the audio here. I think this is the finish. I think we're at the. Did they call it? That is the end of the the war games. Is the fucking ads playing here? So I apologize for that. Skip the ad. Yeah, I apologize for that. Sorry about that. But that's the end of the watch along here covering the 1987 war games on Daily Motion. Thank you also very much for uh, for joining me. You know, I like I said, scheduling has been a little nuts lately. Formatting the show has been a little nuts. I try to bring you fresh content every week. My wife always tells me, maybe you should just take a week or two off. Maybe you shouldn't have to worry about putting out a show. But I do it because I love it, and I want you guys to to enjoy it and have something to listen to. And like I said, it's 4th of July coming up, so I thought it'd be fun to watch this match back, which took place 1987 on the 4th of July, the very first uh, War Games match, Great American Bash 1987. Like I said, the link will be available on the post. So when I post this show on our social media, you can click the link for the podcast and then you can click whatever you listen to on your podcast and then if you if you have a smart tv and you can find the daily motion app you can find it there as well but i'll click the link on there as well on the uh, i'll put the link up for this watch along from user megasting 1981 on daily motion on the facebook and twitter as well so with that being said i think it's officially about this time we put the show down for the three count next week we're going to celebrate the 25 year anniversary of the new world order the nwo the storyline and the, the the moment in wrestling that changed wrestling forever when hulk hogan became a bad guy and formed the new world order we're going to talk about that but we're, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little interesting twist Originally, I wanted to do a rewatch party of that match with Dennis and scheduling conflicts, of course, gotten in the way. But this time I thought, you know what, it'd be interesting to put my fantasy booking cap on and go back and try to recreate who the third man would be. What if Hulk Hogan wasn't the third man? What if it was someone else? Would the New World Order and wrestling change forever with that person in Hulk Hogan's place? Probably not, but we're gonna ponder those th- po- we're gonna ponder those possibilities and then some this week here on Kicking Out at Two. So, without further ado, it is now really officially about this time to put the show down for the three count. Happy Fourth of July, everyone, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>